I'm Kirby Falk, and this is the Kirby Method Podcast. This is the podcast for former athletes looking for something they love as much as their sport, whether it be a career, hobby, side gig, or new exercise routine. This is the Kirby Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Kirby. Hi, team. Today, I'm really excited to talk to you about cultivating confidence. And before I dive in, I want to do a quick shout out to the free online community we've created of former athletes. It's all about supporting each other and cheering each other on. And I post content each week, like podcast episodes, articles I've read, other inspirational educational content. So if you're interested in joining, let me know. Email me at kirbymethod at gmail.com. And as always, you can also check out more at kirbymethod.com, the website. Okay, so today we're talking about confidence and how to feel more confident in life post-sport. And as athletes, when you're done with your sports careers, it can be really scary trying to figure it out. I know it was really scary for me. (laughs) You've spent years crafting your expert skill set in your sport, like how to pass a ball with your left foot, how to score, how to defend, how to lead on the field. And to say you've dedicated years of blood, sweat, and tears to become the best you could possibly be as an athlete, I think is a total understatement. And so now when you're retired from sport and that skill set no longer seems applicable or even really related to anything you're doing now, that's really hard. That can be a really intimidating, scary, tough transition. Famous players like Abby Wambach, who's an Olympic soccer player, recently called her transition out of soccer terrifying, which I can totally relate to. So today, I really want to focus on how to cultivate confidence in life post-sport. How can you be confident when you aren't sure you even know what you're doing, (laughs) when you're forging totally new territory in this real world outside of sports, like figuring out a new career, finding a hobby or something you love as much as your sport, or even like figuring out how to eat like a normal person. Or figuring out how to exercise. Those are all things I struggled with. All things, you know, when you're doing things you are no longer the expert in. It can be really hard. And I think an interesting question to start with is, what's the difference? Or what changes when you feel confident versus when you don't feel confident? In other words, why do you want to feel confident? For me, and many that I've talked to... With confidence comes more ease. So when I feel confident, I feel more at ease. Things tend to flow better and smoother. I usually do a better job on whatever I'm working on. And I think confidence helps me get to where I want to be. Helps me make choices and follow the path really aligned with me. Not the shoulds. Not making choices around what I think I should be doing. But that path, those choices really aligned with me. I think it feels better to be confident, to be in the flow, less effort. 
And I think another important question to ask is where does confidence come from? So take a few seconds and ask yourself, where do you get your confidence from? Where does confidence come from? A lot of people answer they get confidence from knowing they can do something based on if they've actually done it before. Like if they successfully done that something in the past. For example, I feel confident about giving this presentation because I've given it a million times before. Or I know I can make this shot in soccer and basketball because I've done it a million times. Or I know I can find a job because I've done it before. The more times I've achieved a certain result, the more confident I feel in achieving that same result again. And I guess my question is, what if you're trying to get a result that you haven't gotten before? What if you're in totally uncharted territory? Are you destined to not be as confident? I don't know. Like I, That doesn't sit with me. That doesn't sound like very much fun or very useful for that matter. So what I want to offer today, and this is something the Life Coach School talks about, is that confidence doesn't have to be about what you've done successfully in the past. Confidence could be knowing that you can handle whatever happens, that you can handle defeat, you can handle uncertainty, you can handle making mistakes. Another way to look at it is to think about this. Why do we feel unconfident? Usually we are not confident because we are afraid of failing, of making a mistake. We don't want to feel defeat. Or we don't want to feel, you know, embarrassment or shame if we don't achieve what we are hoping to achieve. And it can be really scary to put ourselves out of our comfort zones. I know I get scared. We feel like we don't necessarily know what's going to happen. And who wants to trip up or fail time and time again? So what if we decided to not care about experiencing defeat, about experiencing failure, about experiencing uncertainty? What if we were willing to lean into those emotions and experiences instead of running the other way? Now, this is something I've been thinking a lot about recently. When do we as humans actually start caring about failure? I'd argue, and the Life Coach School talks about this, that as toddlers, we don't seem to care about failing or making mistakes. When learning to walk, toddlers try to get up many, many times, and many times they fall down. More times than not, they fall down. They don't seem bothered by it. They just keep trying until they walk, and eventually they do. And perhaps it's the same for learning to ride a bike or even driving a car. So when do we start leaning away from experiencing defeat? I'm not sure. I think this instinct we have as kids to not be afraid of failure shifts as we grow up. We become scared, scared of failing, of making a mistake, of doing the wrong thing, of what others will think of us, of what we will think of ourselves. We make failure, we make making mistakes mean something negative. And I want to ask, what if we made failure mean something neutral or even positive? Here's what I mean. I'm going to walk through a couple techniques to feel more confident. Some taken or adapted from a life coach school. Technique number one, ask yourself, what's the worst that happens? You fail and an emotion happens. A not so great emotion like humiliation, defeat, shame, embarrassment. You know what's so great about this? 
Emotions are literally just vibrations in our bodies. They're physical sensations. You really aren't going to die one way or the other from feeling an emotion. Technique number two. Ask yourself, what am I making this mean? You aren't going to die from the emotions associated with failure, like shame, defeat, humiliation, right? Because we establish they're just physical sensations in your body. It's more often about what you make that failure mean. Like what others will think of you, that other people will think you're a failure, that they'll make fun of you, that they think you're stupid. What I want to offer is ask yourself, so what? By the way, I love using this question, so what? When questioning the thoughts coming from my brain or managing my mind, it's one that I use a lot. So when you ask yourself, so what? Do you care about people's opinions? Do you care if people are snickering at you if they think you're stupid? Take a second to look around and think about who these people who are snickering at you actually are who these people are who are making fun of you. I find when I take a minute visually and mentally to think about who these people actually are, (laughs) they're either people I don't even know, don't even really like, or don't even care about their opinion. Those people that really matter to me, like my family, my friends, would never make fun of my failure, make fun of my mistakes. They'd support me. Technique number three. In design thinking practice, we celebrate failures and lean into failures versus resisting or shying away from failures and mistakes. So we think of failures as learning moments. I encourage you to shift from defeat to curiosity. Ask yourself, what can I learn here? You tell yourself, ooh, interesting insights. Get curious. A great example, so at one of the Stanford Design School workshops I attended, they had us verbally say out loud, ta-da, and put out these awesome spirit finger hands (laughs) when we messed up the exercise we were doing with our partner. I loved this because it totally encouraged celebrating and being excited about making a mistake, which is so great because mistakes are exciting. We learn from our mistakes. We grow. Mistakes and failures can be and are beautiful things. They teach us things. They teach us new directions to go. So if you could practice, ta-da, after you fail, after you make a mistake, I think that's where the magic is. Really take a moment to just celebrate it. And in thinking about how this all connects specifically to former athletes, I want to point out that the beauty of finding confidence as a former athlete is that we already know what it's like to fail and get back up again. We know what it's like to miss a shot, to get nutmegged or blown past on defense, to fall short of the championship game. But yet you still believe it's possible. Even if you haven't done it before, even if you haven't won the championship, done a certain move in the game, or had a shutout, you still believe it's possible to do those things. And you still believe you'll get through it no matter what happens. I have a quote from Hope Solo that I like, who's an Olympic soccer player, and she said, you're always going to survive the pain of loss. I can live with that confidence inside me. 
And as athletes, we know what it's like to watch game tape or attend practice and use our mistakes as a learning mechanism, a learning tool to continue to improve our game. Abby Wambach recently talked about this power of being a former athlete. She says, quote, here's something the best athletes understand, but seems like a hard concept for non-athletes to grasp. Non-athletes don't know what to do with the gift of failure, so they hide it, pretend it never happened, reject it outright, and they end up wasting it. Listen, failure is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to be powered by. Failure is the highest fuel your life can run on. You've got to learn to make failure your fuel, end quote. And while I think athletes can use failure as fuel too, I don't think all non-athletes waste it. (laughs) I think this is a really powerful statement. Using failure as fuel, leaning into failure. So what would happen if you took that same mindset that generated confidence for you as an athlete and applied it to your life today? What would that actually look like? Take a minute to think about it. And I want to note too, when you try something new, like when you put yourself out there, your brain will tell you that you can't do it, that you'll be humiliated, that it's too hard, that it's too much work that no one will like you, that you'll fail. (laughs) And I want to say that this is totally normal. My brain does this to me all the time. And our brain is constantly trying to tell us irrational and just plain wrong information. Now, that doesn't mean we judge or hate our brain because our brain is just trying to protect us with its survival instinct. It's totally normal to have these thoughts. So on to technique number four. When your brain tells you you can't do it, Just notice it, be aware, pause in it. Ask yourself, is there anything useful here? No. Oh, it's the I can't do it again story. Okay, well, thanks, brain. I I appreciate you looking out for me, but I've got it from here. I'm using failure as fuel. So to start bringing things together for today, I want to encourage you to pick a new thought that resonates with you. When your brain tells you, you can't do this, if you fail, it's the end of the world, those sorts of thoughts, what's a thought that's more believable to you that generates confidence? Perhaps think back to your athlete days when you leaned into failure, when you learned from it, when you knew that mistakes and failures were inevitable. Because, I mean, no one has the perfect game or competition. There's always something to work on, always something you can do better. So, In picking a new thought that resonates with you, I find it helpful sometimes to have a few concrete example thoughts that you could use or adapt for your own. So here are some thoughts that you could try on. One, failure is worth celebrating. Failure is fuel. It means I'm learning. Another one, thanks brain. I appreciate you looking out for me. I know you're just trying to help, but actually I've got this from here. The next one. As an athlete, I made mistakes all the time and learned from them in game-changing ways. No pun intended. (laughs) Next thought. I did things all the time in my sport that I hadn't done before, but I still believed were possible. I faced adversity, failure, and kept going. It's possible I can do the same thing here. Next thought. What's the worst that happens? 
I'm not going to die if I fail. Embarrassment, defeat, shame is just an emotion. It's just a physical sensation in my body. Next one. My brain is making failure mean something negative, like telling me that what others will think of me, that I'm not smart or talented or even make fun of me. But so what? Why does that even matter? And the last one. Is there anything useful here? No. Oh, it's the I'm going to mess it all up story again. Okay. Well, thanks, brain. Uh, I appreciate you looking out for me, but I've got it from here. So I totally want to offer to you, pick a thought or tweak one of the ones I just listed and practice that thought. As Jody Moore would say, try that thought on. And I want to note that that thought has got to be believable and one that really resonates with you. If the above are too strong, your brain's every one that you maybe don't believe or is a little too strong, you could try adding a softener to it. Like, it's possible that. For example, it's possible that failure is worth celebrating. It means I'm learning. Or it's possible that my brain is just trying to look out for me. But I've got it from here. I love using these softeners. I use them a lot, a lot, a lot with my own thought work and managing my mind. To me, it seems it makes those thoughts uh, much more believable if I'm coming from one end of the spectrum. Okay, so once you pick a thought you want to try, I encourage you to brainstorm a few ways to remember it. You could put it as a calendar reminder for the afternoon or for the morning when you first wake up or both. You could grab colored markers and write it out on an index card and stick it on your wall or fridge, computer, bathroom mirror. You could write it at the top of your to-do list for the day, which is one that I use all the time as a way to remember things. Or, and you could make it a phone or computer screensaver. And then from there, just keep practicing, practice. As we athletes know best, <laughs> your thoughts will not change overnight. Our brain is wired to be looking for ways to protect us from failure. So just keep noticing when that fear of failure thought comes up for you and redirect your thought to the one that you're trying out. This is something I'm constantly working on and I find it's not always a linear process. So you're not always going to see linear progress. It can take days, weeks, months for this new thought, for this new feeling that you're trying to generate to become more of a habit. I think it's Brooke or Jody that says, try that new thought a hundred times before you're going to become good at it. So I encourage you, keep practicing. In my experience so far, at least, it's been so amazingly worth it. <laughs> in working on managing my brain and managing my thoughts and directing my thoughts and cultivating thoughts and feelings and results that I'm looking for. So team, I hope this is helpful today. I'd love to hear if you try this out and how it goes. So shoot me an email, kirbymethod at gmail.com. And also, if you're interested in that online community of former female athletes, email me, kirbymethod at gmail.com. I'd love to chat. Okay, team, I hope you have a great rest of the week.